<sighs> okay, well, there's a debate. There is no debate. It's called Euro, but go on. <laughs> you say Euro. Everyone else that I ask say no, Gyro. No, they, they're all lying to you. <laughs>Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shenantics, People Magazine's 2002 Sexiest Podcast of the Year with your co-hosts M. Cole and Skanky. How are you doing today, Skanky? I'm doing great, and that is such an honor by People Magazine. Thank you so much for the people at People. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, official official <laughs> endorsement. Not really. Don't sue us. <laughs> we're just name dropping your, your company. Exactly, no exactly. Um, we're, we're very, very proud to be the, the first the first name podcast. See, like that's that's what the most important thing to realize was is the iPod came out like what 2000, 2001, and then 2002, before even podcast was a term, people was on the cutting edge being like shenantics, sexiest podcast around. Love it. Love it. Can't beat that. Can't beat with the that. sexiest hosts as well. Oh, oh yes, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll see. I speaking of that. So like, there was a little bit of the, the People magazine controversy about the sexiest man alive. My favorite thing that I've ever seen that comes out of it is the the guy who plays the sheriff on Stranger Things. Oh um, yeah, he retweeted a tweet that said, um, "Like whoever won, like they shouldn't have won. The sexy dad bod guy from Stranger Things should have won." And then he retweeted, "He's like, he's like, when well, your body has higher like recognition than your name." He's like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's like, actually funny." Yes, so I totally butchered that amazing tweet conversation, but I don't care. I'm too lazy to go find it. So no, I, I kind of love it though. <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's I kind of love it. So. What was the, didn't the, the guy who plays, um, oh God, I feel like I, I watched, I watched it all. I just don't remember any of the characters' names. Um, who was the brother who was like kind of creepy and like, you know who I'm talking about? He's, no. he's the, oh my God. Season he's the one brother or season of two? The, he's, well, both. Okay. He's the brother of the kid that gets put into the, the upside down. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, did you see that he got like Gucci's sexiest man or something? Really? Or something? GQ. He was GQ's sexiest Gucci's. man. <laughs> Gucci's. Gucci's. Close enough. <laughs> I say Gucci all the time. So it's just it starts with a G. Gucci. It's Gucci. It starts with a G. Yeah. yeah. Wow. GQ. GQ's G- sexiest. Hey, GQ Gucci. Kind of. It could be this. Never mind. Interesting. I uh. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something. Are about... we to judge though? Are we to judge? GQ no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thinking man. about whether whether or not he deserves the sexiest title, but I feel like GQ is less so basing it on what the title of the thing is, and more so like what is popular right now that we can sink our ho- like our hooks into and our claws and just like oh, like, that's true. Ride that to fame. Um, I think that's kind of smart though. It is kind of smart. Speaking of something very similar, how do you feel about Game of the Year awards? Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, didn't I, PUBG win something, and probably. everyone was like, "Uh, what? Yeah, it's not a game." <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that is that is one thing that um one big criticism I've heard is should early access games be able to win Game of the Year? Yeah. Uh, and. My gut says no, but that's also because we don't 
I mean, we've said it before on this podcast, we don't like the way that's spreading to everything. Like everything is early access and all that kind of crap and the things that go along with it. Um, but on the flip side, like it's, you can't ignore how insanely popular PUBG is regardless of what like qualifiers attached to it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it also seems a little weird to be like, let's ignore the game that like millions of people are playing just because the you know developer and publisher decide to attach early access to the title. So, so I want to go on a little ranty McMranterson very quickly yes. about PUBG. Yeah. Um, you know, I like PUBG. I played a lot, but I really don't think it should be an esports title right now. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of pisses me off. Not pisses me off because that would make it seem like I'm really I'm really actually angry about it. But like I don't really care that much. But still, just for the sake of the podcast, I'm pissed off <laughs> that so, they have million dollar competitions on this game mm-hmm. where. Like it's impossible. Like some parts, it's so stupid. Like you can't even survive some parts of the game because of these glitches and bugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I just think that's kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No. They I... should be like, it, and it kind of like I was watching Shroud and he was kind of talking about it and why he wasn't because he gets invited to the competitions and to play in them mm-hmm. and he's like I'm not gonna go because I think that I, I don't like how they're doing it early access and all this stuff and. How they're they're having all these million dollar competitions, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like just worse for it makes their game look bad. Yeah, because people watch it who don't know the game are gonna be like, oh, is this the final thing? Like, yeah, this is this is weird and kind of stupid. Why should I watch this? Mm-hmm. So for that, I kind of agreed. I thought that was kind of silly. Yeah, no, I think I think I agree with you on that one. Um, but. I th- you think you agree with me? I think I don't know enough about the PUBG scene, and the I'll have to take your word for the 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 glitches. Yeah, and take my shoes. word. Yeah, that's why that, that's, I do. I do. I hundred percent. Whatever you tell me, that's truth. So, uh huh. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Excited. No, but I, I don't know. Game of the year. Game of the year awards realistically are pretty much just marketing for the publication that gives them out. Um. Yeah. And I so. I don't know. I I think I like hearing my friends' game of the year lists because then I actually have like some context about like what it is that they like. I feel like a lot of them they tend to go maybe a little more obscure. They don't pick necessarily PUBG because okay, yeah, everyone loves that, but like what is this game that I love this year that people might not know about? You tend to get more of that compared to the mainstream publications like our game of the year is Witcher 3 for the fourth year running because it's just so good. Like it's like <laughs> I just love replaying it, man. It's got really great replay value. Exactly. Like I mean it tends I mean that when Overwatch came out, I think it won like 80% of them. Uh Witcher 3 picked got like picked up a ton of them. You know, PUBG is gonna pick up a ton this year. So it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's uh they're just pimping it out so they get a little bit of press coverage and it just yeah. tends to be the thing that you do around this time of the year anyways so yeah it's all press it's yeah all so uh prepare your game of the year picks for uh for our anniversary episode <laughs> oh god okay it'll be it'll be great it'll be great i can't remember the games i played last week <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh, but, like... but realistically hold on you have it there was one game that you've been playing i've been curious about this because you actually talked oh, about true you talked about it on shenantics about that you were going to play it um how is uh la noir oh i love it yeah i love it so far i i the being the like the the the, 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 the detective and all that mm-hmm. i love it it's so much fun. The story's really good, and it's kind of like... Have you ever played it? Or no, no, I've never played it. It's kind of like... Um, so, you're working at, like, uh, the traffic desk, mm-hmm. 
and you kind of want to move your way up to the other high profile desks. Mm -hmm. So you start out the traffic and then it it kind of is like has chapters mm -hmm. and each chapter is like an investigation that you're doing. Okay. Uh, so right now we're going through an investigation where we think we have a serial murderer, mm -hmm. but we're not sure because we've arrested other people. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of like, they're kind of all connected yeah. with supposedly the same murderer. We're not sure yet, but um, it's still like really interesting and different each time. I, I love it so far. I think it's really cool. The hardest part is when you interrogate people, you have to figure out like if they're lying or not. Yeah. And I found a lot of the time it's a little bit of luck mm -hmm. to to figure it out because they have an option for you can you can choose if they're telling the truth, you can choose if they're uh, lying, or you can choose if if you're doubtful mm, that okay. they're truthful. So it kind of gets a little sketchy yeah. in there because sometimes I'm like, oh well, they looked away from me, <laughs> so I don't think I have any proof to say that they're lying because mm -hmm. when you say you're lying you have to put in like evidence you have to show evidence that they are definitely lying yeah uh so it's like hey do you have a size eight foot they're like no i have a size seven well we saw your shoe in your apartment and it's a size eight so you could say that okay but if like you don't have the evidence you can either say that they're telling the truth or be like well i'm not too sure about that and that one's kind of like I don't know if they're telling the truth. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So then if you tell, then I found myself a lot of times just saying, oh, they're telling the truth. And it's like, nope, that's wrong. You should have doubted them. I'm like, well, how am I, like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> I didn't have anything to doubt them with. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, what? okay. Yeah. And most times where I'm like, oh, definitely doubt them. They get pissed at me. And they're like, <laughs> why would you ever doubt me like that? And then it's like wrong. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> So, oh, I love it. It's so some interrogations I really fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just like real life sometimes. So exactly. It's, you gotta have that every once in a while. But no, yeah, looks, everyone, every once in a while, it looks really, really cool. So I've, uh, I was looking there. I had the hard thing where it's like a game that I want to play, but like your friend's playing it, and so you kind of do like a little bit of the lurk where you're like trying not taking too much of the story, but you're still uh -huh. hanging out. So. Was, yeah, that's that's the hard part yeah. about playing those kind of games. Yeah, no, that makes it that makes it tough about the, the story games. So, oh yeah, there's it's still it's pretty good though. I I really like it. I think you should play it. Definitely. All right, I'll check it out. I think maybe I'll get it on my on my Switch. I love uh, yeah, you can play it on the Switch yeah. now. I forgot about that. And yeah. Skyrim is on the Switch now too. Yeah, right? Skyrim's on Switch. Uh, they are uh, they're doing pretty good. So they remastered La Noir. A lot of people are playing La Noir now. I think. Mm -hmm. Because they remastered it on PS4, I think. Okay, yeah. So that's why, like, you have a good amount of people playing yeah, it. Maybe I'll get it on PS4. <laughs> oh, you get it on one of them, all right? Yeah, just get not it somewhere. Just somewhere not all buy the game, or just get it for PC. It's really good. Yeah. That way, it's easier to aim. Yes. When you have to shoot, when you have to shoot people. Mm -hmm. Um. One thing. Speaking of the Switch, sorry, I'm totally taking us a whole different direction now. That's fine. This, this just reminded me of that. Um. So I think Nintendo's been doing a great job. And one thing that I think that they're, we actually, actually I think we talked about this briefly uh, a few episodes ago. One thing they're doing a really good job of where they're, A, they're finally bringing out third-party developers like they should have been doing for years and giving them a little bit more of the respect that they deserve. But the second thing that they're doing is they are embracing the cross-platform play um, between various 
like um, systems. And so the big example is uh, obviously Minecraft. What the version hasn't released on Nintendo on the Switch yet. That's going to enable the crossplay, but it's going to be whenever it does come out, um, it's going to be playable across mobile ones. So like iOS, Android, uh, the Windows 10 version, uh, and the Xbox version. All those get to play together, uh, and the Switch version obviously um, get all. You can go play in the same worlds and all that kind of stuff. And the Minecraft Realms also work with that. So you can, if you let's say you had a kid or if you you're also an adult you can purchase a realm and then use that as your server and everyone on this version they call that that's basically the name brand version now the java version is almost like secondary in the minecraft world for from microsoft's point of view and minecraft this other version is like the number one version and they're getting cross play with everything so that's the first one where we started to see it and then obviously the second one is uh rocket league which has been doing big pushes into cross play since it kind of came out when it came out in the ps4 version um the ps4 and i believe it was the pc they got to play together but they couldn't like team up together right you can randomly get placed with other like if you're playing on the ps4 you could randomly get placed with pc players um in the game and then yeah when rocket league came out on xbox like ps4 didn't want to work with xbox obviously but um Microsoft has, has allowed Xbox and PC players to play together, but then also now that it's come out on the Switch, the Switch players get to play with Xbox and PC players and group up and all that kind of stuff, um, which is freaking awesome. And it's a great thing for Nintendo because one thing I saw is that uh, Nintendo Switch launch of Rocket League would kind of be a dud in that a how many people are, are going to buy it on the Switch if they already own it elsewhere, so you don't really have a deep multiplayer base to get into even right off the bat um but uh-huh. by doing the cross-platform play when you buy it on the switch and you hop in you already have tons of other people to play with all of everyone's playing on pc and xbox you get to play with them and so i think it's great that nintendo didn't kind of stick to their traditional walled garden approach and is like no you know all right fine we're going to open up a bit let you play with other people and much to their benefit if i go and buy then which makes it a little more appealing i already own rocket league on i think ps4 and steam but if i want to go buy it on switch it's at least an easier sell because i'm like at least there's other people playing it and you already know that so yeah my props to nintendo i wish so many more publishers would uh would open up and allow cross-platform play I think it's a little bit easier for the Switch to do that because it's not there's a lot of non-competitive games Mm -hmm. that are going on Mm -hmm. but for other things like for consoles like if they had um, because I'm just thinking like if they had a Call of Duty one Mm -hmm. it would be ridiculous I mean it'd be cool because you'd have a lot more people Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would also be like kind of feasibly difficult so one thing that Rocket League does at least on Switch is they actually have a checkbox um thing where you can say i only want to play with switch people i don't want i don't want to partake in the wider multiplayer universe um and so one of my arguments has been because i i i make this argument to people a lot where i believe it should become way more prevalent even to do things that um like first person shooters uh and the way to fix the problem because the biggest thing that people don't want to do is they don't want to be a controller person on a console having to play against mouse and keyboard people on pc and my thing has always been like one very simple uh, fix that is you have a checkbox that says i only want to play with xbox people 
um, or I only yeah. want to play with PS4 people, and then you eliminate that potential problem of doing that. Um, you get, and then you get the trade-offs. You get to say, I only play with controller people, but if the game is older, let's say it's three or four years in, after it's the, like release, where there's less people playing it, then I have a lower pool of people to play with, or I can be like, no, I want to take advantage of the larger pool, or play cross-platform with my friends. Right? If, if Sony ever got on yeah. board, which who knows if they ever will, it'd be nice just be like, oh, I'm on Xbox. Uh, I got like half of my friends are on PlayStation 4. Like, it'd be nice to be able to just play with them, um, regardless of what system I bought it on. So, I the hope and dream is that we eventually push into that direction. But, uh, well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. I remember when CS:GO came out, mm-hmm. they were gonna be they were gonna make that cross-platform, and mm-hmm. it caused a big controversy. Yeah. Um, because obviously that's a very, very competitive game and mm-hmm. people on console would be at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up scratching it in like in the end because it just didn't seem to work. I think not because of the competitive nature, but it was because of the, um, uh, the feasibility of mm-hmm. it actually making it actually happen. Yeah. Uh, I, it was, it was a long time ago though. Yeah. I mean, it was. I don't know when CSGO came out, I guess 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. So things have probably changed since then. Yeah. But, um, well, oh. another one that did it, um, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe on accident or maybe to make a point is, I think it was about a month ago, um, Fortnite players realized that they were playing cross-platform. Like, they're like PS4 oh. people were playing with PC people. Um, or maybe it was PS4 to Xbox. It was something like that. And, really? Yeah. And so they had the entire back end is built out that they well, that you can play cross platform, but the publishers won't won't allow it. And so they did it. They pushed an update oh. that accidentally enabled it, and then they had to patch it back out and turn that setting <laughs> off so they couldn't That's do that so because funny. Sony uh, didn't want to allow PlayStation Four people to play with any other systems. Wow. And so there made this big uproar, and people are like, "No, hold on, <laughs> like we want it." Especially a game like Fortnite. Like, can you imagine, like, um, if it comes out and, like, let's say the non-BR mode has decreased a bit because everyone moved to BR. Like, if I was playing and uh-huh. I was playing the traditional version, I'd be like, no, I want people to play with in this game. Like, just Damn. give me other ones. So, um, so I think, I think it was, it has been a bigger technological hurdle in the past than yeah. it is now because. I mean, I highly doubt that the Fortnite people are like, let's just spend tons and tons of money and man hours to build out the system that we know we're not going to be allowed to use. Like, they had yeah. to probably be a little bit easier than it was in the past. So, but. does anyone even play the base um, Fortnite game anymore? I'm not sure. Uh, my guess is probably not that many. It's probably like H1Z1, where it started uh, off and that was popular, then BR came out and almost everyone switched over to the BR mode. Rip, which would suck because I like H1Z1 just survive. Yes, yeah, exactly. I like the base Fortnite, so um, but I uh, then again, I also don't play it anymore, so so I guess I'm also part of the problem. Yeah, (laughs) it's all your fault. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all your fault. Oh man, but that's an interesting game. So, um, the BR one is still popular, it seems like a A lot of people play it, uh, yeah. So, I don't know, part of me wonders if that is kind of in spite of Fortnite, where people just like going, like, they like playing BR and the Battle Royales, and they kind of also like things getting changed and mixed up a bit, right? So they can't wait around for PUBG to, like, make big changes. So it's like, yeah, we'll go play Fortnite. Then we get the BR that we want with a completely different system that we get to learn and adapt to. So Uh that could also be what it is. 
Yeah, definitely. And people that are just sick of playing PUBG. Yeah, that too. That too. So how? how <laughs> or, yeah. How often does that no, game get like pretty big updates, like content updates, where like it changes like a good amount of it? Like in general, you're asking. Yeah, like because for like from my point of view, from an outsider looking in, I feel like not much changes in the game. Hmm. But that's also someone that doesn't uh, have deep knowledge of the game. I guess it also depends on how what kind of game it is. Mm -hmm. So, like for a multiplayer game, I feel like they get updates regular, like relatively often. Mm -hmm. Maybe two times a month, maybe once a month. Okay. And then. Let's see, like, I mean, Overwatch is always updating for me. Every time I freaking open it, it has to <laughs> yeah, update. Yeah, we get, like, um, new heroes, new maps, new everything, all the time. Yeah, so they're always doing some sort of crap with it, mm -hmm. and WoW always updates. Yeah. You have you have your own program to patch WoW. I mean, <laughs> that says something. Um, <laughs> but for single-player games, yeah. like, I'd say, like, Witcher. Yeah. Like, Witcher 3, I don't think it had many updates. No. Unless yeah. there's a DLC coming out. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. So, hmm. on and off. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. PUBG. This week I'll play with you. Promise. Eh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'm if I'm going to play this week. That's true. That's true. You've been you've been shifting away a little bit, so. Well, I'll play it on Saturday probably. Uh-huh, sure. We'll see. We'll find out. Okay. I won't play it on Saturday then. Forget it. I quit. Oh, no. I'm installing it. I'm I'm refunding it. Expansion point play I'm cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna refund. Yeah, I'm gonna refund PUBG with with how much? How many hours do I have on it? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, I can't even. I can't even look. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Four hundred and twenty-six hours. Holy I'm gonna refund shit. it. That's a lot of hours. That is a lot of hours. Holy crap! Man. I didn't think it was that much. Yeah, that uh, that early how access game really has gotten you some enjoyment. Uh, nah, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Screw this game. Whoa! Oh my god, it's almost as much as I've played Stardew. No way. 428 hours. If I played two more hours in PUBG, then I would have beat my record for Stardew. Wow, that's weird to me. That is strange to Isn't me. Isn't that strange? Yeah, because you played so much Stardew. I mean, you play a lot as PUBG, but then I guess you've also played PUBG a lot off stream though, right? Yeah, I played off. Yeah, and I think that's what helps get the number up because I'm thinking just like stream hours. Like you play a lot of PUBG on stream, but you played an insane amount of Stardew on stream. Yeah, like all yeah. of your start, all those four hundred some hours are on stream hours, pretty much. They're all they're all on stream yeah, hours. Yeah. So, so I think I think that's that's uh your off stream gaming is ca is helping you helping you catch up oh, with PUBG. God, I gotta stop playing PUBG. Yeah, this is maybe you won't be playing Saturday. <laughs> yeah, maybe I won't be playing on Saturday, guys. <laughs> Sorry, gonna have to do a hard no on that one. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. Um. So there's the one thing we talked uh, that we didn't talk about last week, Skanky, that you had yeah. that you had mentioned up, and uh, your co-host that week was very adamant that that they couldn't talk about that. Um, very, very, yeah, I was very, I was kind of confused. Very surprising, um, and that was Twitch achievements. So yeah, let's let's chat about that a bit. What are Twitch achievements? Okay. We kind of went over basically when um, Twitch had announced it, but now we have the feature live. Can you give us like a little bit of a rundown overview of it? Yeah, sure. So. Um... They're pretty much like goals that you can meet while streaming. Mm -hmm. So they have like, it's kind of makes it a, its own game in a way. Um, so let's see, what, what are the ones at the beginning? So like if to just start out, you could do, 
explore your dashboard, name your game, change your Steam title, and update your game category, and start your first stream, and it's like all that kind of stuff, and you can unlock all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get like progression bars, and you can get your path to affiliate on there now, and you can get your path to partner on there now, and then they have like other random ones like get 100 people chatting at the same time and have 100 viewers at the same time and stream for 250 hours total, which somehow I didn't unlock yet. I don't know. (laughs) Um, You know, like a whole bunch of different cool things like that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of cool. I I personally like it, but Cold doesn't. Um, I want to find out why. So it's not so much that I don't. You hate it. it. Don't lie. I despise it it with every fiber of my being. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I think it's I think it's cool for some people, but I think it has a lot of problems, Um, like big problems that I believe aren't really inherently fixable. Um, There is one thing that I think that I find actually pretty frustrating is that and when we had originally talked about this when it was announced and what they said in the twitch keynote is that this would be automatic partnership when you reach the levels of your achievement right that if you hit the the partnership levels and you would automatically get it um yeah they've now come back and they've walked that back completely and say it's not automatic that you get it but you still have to go apply and go through the entire review process um and so if you hit the wait really yes so if you hit the partnership things what it'll do is it'll then prompt you to apply for partnership um and then goes through the entire the the exact same process that it did before um so one thing i really liked about achievements is it made this black box partnership process like completely transparent right and made it an achievable thing that you could go out and get if you just did what twitch was telling you to do and now they've said no 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 we're still doing the same application process it's not automatic partnership you have to apply and if we think that you meet all the criteria that we have behind the scenes then you get it um i will give them the benefit of the doubt that it's not the exactly the same process as before um, where they look at all these different metrics and to deem if you're worthy. I'm hoping that the review is literally just to be like, are you view botting? Um, are you a, are you a <laughs> yeah. terrible toxic channel? Like um, what kind of stuff are you promoting? Like, yeah, I mean, like, do you, have you been breaking any terms of service rules? Like part of me really just hopes that the review is almost just to weed out that stuff. And then, all right, you get partnership, especially because they've had a little bit of uh, problems with some partners, or not even partners, but just like not nice. Yeah, no, he was a partner actually, just not good people saying terrible things. Um, and if you're partnered with Twitch, it's kind of like almost like a, an endorsement, a stamp of approval, because they thought you were good enough to be part of, as they said, their like higher status partner program. Um, yeah. And so, like, I understand, like, wanting to control a bit of that, but my fear is, is that they still have the same thing where it's like, well, let's see how many of your views come from people hosting you versus your actual views. And how many chatters do you have, you know, chatting at once and all these other things where it's like, well, now we're back at the same system that we used to be before. And so yeah. this thing where you see a lot of affiliates getting excited about it because like, look how, look, I'm progressing. I'm on my way. This is what I need to hit, you know, help us get there. You guys, they can show up there achievement page was i've seen people tweet it out and be like this is where we are on our way to get there once we hit that we're going to be partner but that's not really the case and i find that a little bit frustrating compared to a system that seemed a lot better before um it's, that's pretty weird right to me yeah that's a- because that was their big thing for the achievements mm-hmm. page yeah 
at the at the thingy mm-hmm. at TwitchCon, they were like, "If you meet these achievements, then we will invite you mm-hmm. exactly to the partner program." Exactly. And so, what I and part of me was actually thinking I misremembered what happened from the Twitch keynote until a Twitch um admin person, a Twitch staff person, literally came out and said there was an error in the keynote and you have to still apply. Um, so, what? so they like literally said the keynote was wrong. This is how you have to do it. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. So it is a complete like different thing that what you originally pitched to us. And another thing makes me wonder, was it originally intended to be what they said in the keynote? And then they got feedback from maybe partners, maybe other people afterwards, where then they decided to change it back to the old system. Um, so who knows who knows what happened behind the scenes or maybe the keynote was just wrong completely and it was supposed to be different but they didn't get those notes when they were putting it together whatever it is it was actually different than what they had actually said on stage for the keynote which i thought was kind of a a little faux pas but oh that's stupid right i think that's i think it's silly because i mean it seems so much easier on their end to have these achievements be the basis for partnership Mm -hmm. so that it decreases the amount of applications they get. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole reason I thought they came out with yeah, achievements, that's... was so that you could have this path to partner, and it'd be easy for them to say, oh, these, this person met it, alright, easy peasy, we can look at their channel for two seconds, mm-hmm. great, they're a person, and boom, you get partnership. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, um, so, it, yeah, it, it turned something that I thought, I thought was going to be great for people that wanted it into, like, a little more of a, of a shady type thing. Um, a second thing is it feels like the scaling up on the second thing. I'm not sure I don't like it, but it feels like a little, little broken in the system is the scaling up for achievements. It goes from like super, super, super easy to incredibly difficult, right? Like some of the higher, not even higher level achievements, like the achievements I am at now take like a crazy large amount of not even work, but almost like, I don't want to say luck because a lot of people say it is luck, but like, just something else to get it like having a certain number of concurrent viewers is a difficult thing to reach right like it's uh-huh. not like i can even if i streamed every day this week doesn't mean i'm going to be hitting 50 concurrent viewers on a regular basis in a month or two right like it just it doesn't necessarily happen like that but an even harder one is having concurrent chatters i mean heck like there will be a lot of people talking but then there'll be some nights where like if i'm just playing minecraft or I'm playing music like a good amount of people are there, but no one's chatting, but they're also doing something else while watching the stream. Um, uh-huh. Like le- yeah. last night's a great example. Like if I'm playing Minecraft last night and a good per- portion of the community is over playing golf with friends. Well, they're not going to be chatting, but they might have the stream up and, but they're hanging out with other friends that they also met through, you know, the various communities that we're all a part of. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's this thing that I feel like it, it couldn't capture like all these different parts of Twitch, but it's like a very difficult thing to do. And my second concern is, is that they're putting, it puts weight on the wrong parts of Twitch, right? Like, Hey guys, like imagine me as someone that's really focusing that I want to hit the next achievement. I'm an achievement hunter on Twitch. I want to hit the next achievement, which is having uh, 30 people chatting con- concurrently. Let's just hypothetically say that's my next achievement. Now, can you imagine uh-huh. the quality of my stream like after achievements come out and I see that and I'm like, hey guys, you know, uh, everyone needs to go chat a little bit or like, you know, really striving hard. It's like, it's like unnaturally forced like discussion into my channel instead of like kind of naturally going with the flow. You know what I mean? Or maybe saying something that's like super controversial to try and get people arguing about it because I really want to hit that next achievement. Like I feel like it yeah. could kind of bring out 
not necessarily the best aspects of Twitch that we like. Um, one of them is, I think there's something like have X number of people host you in a stream, like going around to other streams to like hopefully get people that want to host you in their streams over while you're streaming also isn't one of the best things that we like to promote with other people. Is it a good thing to get people to do in the long run? Yeah, but when you put an achievement on it, you kind of put it, you kind of shift the value to like go out and do stuff to get this, right? Go actively try and pursue to get people to host you. Yeah, you know I mean, I just, I feel like, I don't know, you, you get, it puts emphasis in places that as someone that uses Twitch and both streaming and viewing in a certain way that I think is more casual and more like friendship community driven. I feel like some of the things that they're promoting in the achievement thing is contrary to what I would say my values are. I, I can kind of agree with that. So that I think it does put a lot of, a lot of focus on, um, on numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And then there. that's the last, my last, problem with it, and this is completely a personal problem that has nothing to do with the achievement system at all and i have to say the one thing that i do love and thank twitch for is that it's in a different tab it's not under it's not on my dashboard um because i don't want to look at them that and i'm very happy they came out now and i was talking to tiny about this that when i had to make the choice to go and stream only on weekends that was a really freaking difficult choice for me to make right like everything in my like body and mind was like just like no keep pushing the stream under your normal schedule or make some weird frankenstein schedule because like you really love streaming and it doesn't matter that work is really busy like we're gonna make this happen and i yeah. kept trying to force myself to do it because i didn't want to move to weekends only now imagine that achievements come out and I'm on like the cusp of, of various achievements, or I could see that we're making progress to a different achievement. There is no way I would have switched to weekend schedules. I would have been like, no, that's going to kill me. Like that's going to kill my community. No one's going to watch me anymore. Like no one's going to hang out. No one is like, everyone's going to leave. Like, look, we're already, we're right now to the next concurrent chatters one. Like if we switch to weekends only, we're not going to get those like great Wednesdays where everyone's talking. Like, yeah, you know I mean, so it's almost, it would make that hard decision that much more difficult if I was looking at the achievements when I had to go make that decision. And so for me personally, it's not a fault of the system. Like the system is doing what it should be doing, but that would have been really freaking hard for me to like make changes that I needed to make um, in my stream in my life so that things were going better in the future. I would have probably stuck with yeah. the old one, which realistically long-term would have really burnt me out and I would just eventually stop streaming altogether instead of the system right now that isn't perfect, but it's working really, really good. So yeah, that's my, that's my last problem with, uh, with achievements. I think it's an inch. I think it's a cool system and it gives people things that I think work for a lot of people and things that they want. But those are the few things that I think kind of are bad about it or not the best about it. And part of the reason why I personally don't like the achievement system. Yeah. So. Okay. I can get that. Can we also talk about a very specific achievement? Yes. What the fuck is up with this kind of a big deal achievement? I, I don't know. I haven't. Where, I don't look at them because I don't want to see where I am <laughs> in the achievement list. Okay. Well, you can look at this one because we're both at 0%. But. <laughs> Reach 10 million hours watch total on your channel. Oh, Jesus. Wow. What? That's a... I feel like you... Hours? <laughs> I feel like... I feel like you would be a big deal. But... I did some quick math on this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. All in my head, by the way. Perfect. 10 million hours is 416 day... Thousand days. Mm. And you put that into years... That's almost 1,100 years. But 
However, but it's per person yeah. and how long your stream is yes. each day. So you, but so we would have to do. Okay, go on. No, no. What were we gonna say? We'd have to do what? Well, we'd have to do the calculation with if you're streaming like let, let's say six hours, four days a week. Yeah, and uh, you would have more hours watched if you have more people there. Oh, I guess that's true. So we have to multiply it by viewers. Yeah. As so well. let's say you have like five hundred viewers or a thousand viewers. That's that's still a lot. Yeah. Is that the lyric only achievement? They should have just put it as like the lyric achievement. <laughs> the lyric only. I bet he he probably does. He might, yeah, he might have it. Yeah, he might have yeah. it. And also, I think it only counts. It doesn't count in your entire history. It counts from when when achievements went live. From yeah, most that's things. annoying to me. Yeah, I think that's annoying to also. Stream for 500 hours total. Like, I definitely have that. <laughs> and I'm up to 40% right now. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Exactly. There's another one that's like stream um certain amount of hours in 30 days. I'm like, I had that under my old schedule. Like, I don't have that under the new one. And I'm not <laughs> going to hit it under the new one. But under my old schedule, I did. So, like, I think that's the one that really made me think, like, you know, if, if I... Because, like, also, sometimes you can't help but want to hit the achievements. And so if I saw that, like, I'd be like, no, 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 we're never going to get it now. There's no way we can get that one. Let's just stick with our old schedule for another month until we get that yeah. achievement. So... But yeah, now some of them, some of them are kind of crazy, but they also have to have high end ones, right? Because like, of course, or also doesn't have appeal to people that do have lots of viewers. Oh, I've already hit everything. The achievement system isn't for me. Well, it's also kind of nice to have, if you are into the achievement hunting, um, it is nice to have things for you to keep kind of stretching out and reaching for. So, yeah, but. Also, looking at all the, like the very big number ones is kind of depressing. <laughs> like, yeah, some of them are kind of crazy. Yeah, like, there's no way in my entire life will I ever hit that one. <laughs> like, so, maybe you will. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. Maybe. Well, I'll become big and I'll retire into it as a Twitch streamer. It'll be awesome. There you go. Easy peasy. Exactly. Stream for 25 unique days in the last 30 days. I still haven't gotten. Yeah, that wouldn't be tough for me. That wouldn't be very tough for me. I'd have to take a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> That one's tough for me, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can only really miss one stream a week plus another extra little day out there somewhere. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, five days a week for four weeks. So <sighs> Stupid. <laughs> or six days a week. Did I just say five days a week? <laughs> like, my, math no, just, is, just my math is on point, you guys. Your math is impeccable. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's just, it's flawless, you guys. It's flawless. We got to, me and Skager have to stream for, was it 11,000 years or something like that? And, uh, and yeah, only and six days a week it. and all that kind of stuff. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Oh, it was 1,100 years, I oh, think. Oh, eh. Something like that. I don't know. Whatever. 11,000, 1,100. We'll be old men. They'll be like, remember that Twitch? We're still going. <laughs> <laughs> remember that Twitch thing? I hit it. <laughs> Grandpa, Twitch closed down years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I can't hear you. <laughs> Everyone streams on Mixer now. <laughs> oh, they actually changed their name again <laughs> to Streamer now Hookup. Swirl. It's swirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that gosh. sounds like a dating app. <laughs> swirl. Yep. <laughs> swirl. Oh my gosh. That's probably I on the it. list of ones they were thinking about. Swirl. Like I, could, I could just tell you. That's like, that's what it was. Just, <laughs> tell ya. So, anyways, um, Skinky. Yeah, it's my name. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How's it going? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Um, 
I forgot what I was going to say. I'm done. We got to just call it. Podcast ends right here. Podcast over? Podcast over. Podcast over. Um, no, there's been something big that's been happening in the news recently. What? I know. I know. There are big things happening in the news? <laughs> yes. Um, it's so... <laughs> Shenantics typically and you could you could always shut me down and tell me this is not going to happen um but i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb here and i'm going to propose something a dis- okay you can propose a it. discussion of sorts i do yes go on yes uh hawaii destination <laughs> wedding <laughs> do you even need to ask it's me perfect all right booking tickets hold on there's uh as long as i can stream there uh that might not be possible <laughs> okay cool i'll bring my computer <laughs> it's- Stream on the beach, guys. Be great. Stream on the you beach. You do PUBG and play Overwatch, and then the, people are like, "You guys are sitting right next to each other. You can't play the same game." Like, nope. We have, Emco, this is a great vacation. This is perfect. Actually, <laughs> sitting in our hotel room in Hawaii playing games. Yes. Okay, go on. Sorry. Anyways, um, so shenanigans. Typically, we don't cover political topics. Um, but this week, I think that there's something that we maybe should discuss a little bit about. Um, and I would argue that it doesn't necessarily need to be political um but in the news recently uh there's been lots of discussion about net neutrality and what the fcc has done and what their plan is to do with kind of gutting the net neutrality regulations um around everything with the internet and isps are you familiar with all this oh am i Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it something? Will you give me the green light to let us discuss this on the podcast? Will I give it? What are you talking about? I was the one who said we should talk God about it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you get away with this, making it think it's your idea. <laughs> I was like, this I was like, I wonder how guy. far I can push this before he's just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I messaged you. No, we can't talk about that. All right. So our next thing is. Uh, <laughs> um. I think the important thing is to, to, to say, like you said before, is like we really don't mention politics ever mm-hmm. in our podcasts, on our streams, or anything. But this this issue, I think, goes beyond politics, and it directly relates to everyone that watches our stream and for us as streamers. Yes, absolutely. So I think it's important to talk. About. Yeah, and I feel like it'd be it's kind of weird and not weird, but it's a little bit obtuse of us if we purposely try and ignore it when it directly kind of impacts what we do for our hobby. Um, yeah, and this also relates to, although this is like a U.S. thing, I mean, it's going to also affect people who live internationally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so do you want to give us a, a, a bird's eye overview of what net neutrality is um, and what can happen if they roll back regulations protecting net neutrality? Oh, God, it's a tall order, I'm cold. It is, it is. That's why I introduce well, it, a... so that I can force you to do the tough stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. No problem. That. Okay, well, net neutrality is kind of like protections for consumers um, against large ISPs uh, from controlling the data that you can view and not view. Um, and net neutrality regulations came about in 2008, I think. Um, and... They kind of, kind of led the ISPs to, um, well, regulated them in some cases to, yeah, just make sure that your data was free and open. Mm-hmm. Well, not free, not your data specifically, but data in general was treated equally among all ISPs. 
Um, so there's not a specific fast lane for people who want to pay more or a slower lane for people who can't pay uh, the premiums. Yes. Um, and you can view any site you want, things like that. You don't need to pay for specific packages for things. Mm -hmm. And right now, the FCC is putting something in place where that could possibly, it could possibly be taken away. Now, it doesn't exactly mean that these things will happen and that ISPs will take control, but it's more that the ISPs uh, will be able to take control if they want to. Yeah. Uh, so they can start charging you for social media packages. So you might have to pay for you know, Twitch or Facebook or Twitter in a social package, or you might need to pay for specific things. And for some people who can't afford that, that could be devastating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Did I do okay? Yeah. No, that was, I think that was that was great. It was spot on. Oh, super. Um, super. And so, the, yeah, and uh, part of the problem is, and part of the concern is, is like, like I said, it's not necessarily guaranteed that any of this would happen, right? It could just be that every, that it's, they're going to take away all these rules. There's this big push for deregulation in the industry to move forward. Um, and I think one important thing is to look at why would they do this? Why is, does the FCC think that it's important to deregulate this and allow ISPs to have the option to charge more based on content and stuff? Um, and yeah. kind of what their argument is, is that it goes tour like by doing this then the isps are then going to make more capital investment because they can see more of a payoff right oh i feel like i want to increase my investment in the chicagoland area put out the increased speeds uh for everyone and you know replace old equipment because i can then make more money on the other end where if my hands are tied and i can't make more money then i don't really want to do any capital investment i'm just going to kind of coast along um so that's what their belief is and that's why they want to do go with repealing the net neutrality rules. Plus the ISPs obviously have been lobbying very hard for it because that's something that they they really want. They want this to be deregulated to give themselves more options in case they should need it. Like let's even take away the thing that ISPs are evil. Like let's say they are just good people then or good companies, like then their alternative is we just want deregulated not cuz we want to use it now, but we might get into a situation where we need to do that or it gives us flexibility in pricing. So that's kind of where they're coming from. Um there are a little bit of problems with their argument, though, in that uh, since the net neutrality protections have been put in place, capital investment has actually increased with the ISPs. So it, that kind of runs a little bit contrary that the argument that people that they stopped investing in infrastructure just because of the net neutrality things when it's kind of why why would they? stop investing though like that's that's kind of my big question mm -hmm. here is that that seems to be the big thing for people saying to repeal it but what's to stop them from investing now yeah. like all these laws are doing is stopping them from pretty much taking advantage of people or maybe i'm seeing it from a biased point of view yeah, it's more it's I, not just it's very difficult for me to kind of see yeah it i mean it's not so much that's stopping them but it's a disincentive to do it Right. Uh -huh. And so it's like it's kind of saying, like, if there's no upside in the market and they can't make money, then they're either going to leave the market or they're not going to invest more. Right. Why? Why improve their their infrastructure if they can already just make the X amount of dollars? They could just do the bare minimum where it's like, oh, no, if we give them flexibility in pricing, then maybe they would invest more and then do that. So it's not so much that the argument is that that's something that's keeping them from doing it, but that there's a disincentive. Um and so, I, so even if the the thing is though, even if that does exist, right? Even if there is a disincentive for them to do that, that small benefit to like incentivize them to keep in, improving their infrastructure is, in my opinion, outweighed 
a huge amount by the disincentives of the deregulation of that that thing of that industry um which which is kind of surprising because if anyone knows my thinking in other areas i'm very pro deregulation in a lot of areas um but in this one i see a a big benefit of it um there's one there's one thing i need to say because um like your overview was great and but there's a lot that there's one important part that yours missed and that everyone else seems to miss a lot of which i believe is actually i think i know what you're i think i know what you're gonna talk about oh no now i'm worried (laughs) oh but i think it's a bigger it's a bigger problem and it's um it's a lot of people and when they frame and of course they frame it this way because that's that's a great way to get people to care about it they frame it in the pay to win microtransaction tiered plan fast lane slow lane (laughs) (laughs) that that pay more to get certain sites right and that is definitely one thing that they can do under it the bigger problem and this is going to be the hard-hitting shenanigans facts round of we're going to go um no but the bigger problem is what's going to happen on the other end is that isps don't it's not just with consumers they get to charge website providers more money to deliver their content regardless if they provide say anything to consumers so we might not ever see any change but on the back end they go over and they start strong arming various sites that you have to pay us more money if you want your site visible to other people at all so as a consumer we don't even have a say of whether or not we want to receive twitch if the ISP goes screwed. The consumers aren't going to give us enough money for that. But Twitch is owned by Amazon. They have deep pockets. Let's go over to Twitch and say, uh, by the way, you have to start paying us more in order for us to deliver your content. And if you don't, then guess what? Your site might not load or it's going to load significantly slower than YouTube. Um, and that is a big problem for consumers because there's nothing we can do about it. You can't even say, oh, the consumer can just go pay more money to get the content they want. And, oh, maybe they should pay more money because they're getting a lot more, like, you know, bits and bytes over the infrastructure. We can't do anything about it if they go to Twitch and Twitch says, I don't want to pay. Or worse yet, they go to a smaller startup and a startup says, we cannot pay. Right. Like we don't have the money to pay. And then on the consumer side, you're just missing out on all that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like imagine that if you go to a website and you go to load it up and it's taking forever. Like we don't know if the reason it's taking forever is because you're the site is having problems. Uh, your side of the internet's having problems, or the site isn't paying the ISP to deliver their site faster, right? Like, I mean, how many times do we go and you see tweets? Oh, is Twitch down? Is this site down? I think this site's down. It's not loading. Is it loading for everyone else? Is Twitch chat working? Well, that's going to really suck to troubleshoot and figure out when you don't have control over it and you don't know why it's happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's going to be super frustrating and annoying. It also kind of stifles a bit of competition. Um, like when you have startups coming into the game and they have a great idea, but now they can't deliver it because they can't pay the thug money to get access to the bandwidth. Um, then what is it that we're going to miss out on? Justin TV wasn't a big operation when it started that eventually gave us Twitch. If Justin TV couldn't pay what the ISPs wanted because they were delivering high bandwidth video, then we might not ever have had Twitch unless we, we would only have YouTube gaming because maybe YouTube decided to get into that at some point in the future. Yeah, you know I mean, and so that's the, in my opinion, that's the bigger problem is that we it's a consumer protection in that they're doing things on the back end that consumers have no say in whatsoever. Um, and that's a that's a bigger, tougher one, in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that that kind of goes to the whole thing of possible censorship. Mm-hmm. 
based on how much money you know they're getting from these sort of internet companies which is kind of scary in a mm-hmm. way i mean because isps will have complete control over everything yeah that you view mm-hmm. um so i mean that's kind of the scariest part about all of yeah. it is that this this is all possible yeah no exactly and not necessarily will happen mm-hmm. but if these things are like right now it's impossible for them to do yeah. this yeah. <laughs> but repealing this will be make it uh, make it definitely possible yeah. So something to think yeah. about. Well, and it's also <laughs> a little bit it's compounded by the fact that we have that we we have an industry of legalized monopolies with the ISPs. Um and so on both ends, if you typically most areas have only one provider they get to choose from, maybe two. Um, and if you're really lucky, you have three. So you have very few you get to choose from. So on the consumer side, if they want to charge you more money for social packages, it's not like, oh, I want to access Twitch and Twitter, so I'm going to pay for the special TW package where it gives me those ones. Um, you can't necessarily be like, oh, I'm going to switch providers to someone that isn't going to charge me that, right? Um, yeah. On the other side, when we're talking about the business side, when um, Comcast or Time Warner approaches Twitch and says, hey, pay us more money, and they say no, they go, wow, look at this giant part of the map where we are their only provider. All those people can't load your site, or their site, your site is going to load much lower. So even on that side, they can be like, they have a way more bargaining power by saying, give us more, because we can impact this percentage of your user base that we know goes to twitch.tv, or we know that goes to twitter.com, or we know that goes to YouTube, right? And then it's just kind of like, now they have this epic strongman position as the middleman that provides us that because of their like government-granted monopoly, which is kind of goes hand-in-hand hand on way, why maybe this industry should be regulated where others might not be. Um, yeah. And so I feel like I feel like that's that's kind of part of part of it. Um not to go like too much further into it, but like if you look at it throughout the entire history, there's a lot of things that we wouldn't have today, which I would say are like cornerstones of our internet um, that we could possibly not have today. I want to say that we wouldn't, but it's possible that we wouldn't have today. There are now cornerstones of a lot of stuff we do online um, because of if net neutrality wasn't like if if there was if there was this charging of businesses back then, then they might not exist. And so like if you look at like YouTube before YouTube was bought by Google, when it came out, delivering video on the internet was crazy and super expensive, right? And so they're already in like a strapped position. Now, if the ISPs were like, hey, you're doing this crazy weird thing that's taking up a ton of bandwidth, pay us more money, then YouTube might not have been able to become this thing that now there's literally a generation of people that that is how they consume content right um and it's a big kind of game changer same thing with twitter twitter had a hard time with even scalability in the beginning days where we had fail whales every other day like multiple times a week um they couldn't even get that right now imagine if they got pressure put on them that they needed to pay more money they can't survive to today well that's also now the platform that a lot of politicians, including the president, um, a lot of news outlets, a lot of people deliver information through Twitter. And it's possible that that couldn't exist if in a world where ISPs were able to gouge um, their business partners on the other end. Um, like yeah. I said before, Justin TV, all those stupid little flash games that we love so much um, that would might, maybe not exist. <laughs> uh, but a really important one, and I can't, it's, it's not an episode of Shenantics unless we discuss something like this. We already talked about lyrics, so we hit number one. Um, uh, we're but good. No, no, we're not. We're good. This is a very important one. This is very close to my heart. So I don't know if you know this, Skanky. This is very important. Uh-huh. But 
Okay. Match.com. They own like 90% of the dating website market. I kid you not. Name a dating website. Uh I'm pretty sure Match.com owns that site. And so if the ISPs are allowed to charge startups a large amount of money, maybe they even have a deal with Match.com that Match.com gets instant, fast delivery of results and any new competitor in the market has to be slowed down. That's a possibility. We might not ever get tinder or bumble or all the sites that bring mcol happiness my happiness depends on the open web granted tinder is now owned by match but it might not have ever gotten to that point (laughs) if tinder could not deliver those delicious delicious match wow that's a really weird way to describe it Mm, those uh those delicious perfect match results to mcol uh when he is out drinking at night right like there's a whole bunch of things that we wouldn't have if net neutrality isn't enforced going forward forward so that is true i I had to get that one in there i had to get no it's good so but yeah i just i well i i think you're you're talking about uh, a different issue here as well that i feel a lot of people are not talking Mm -hmm. about but it's about this this new economy that we're uh, that people are working in especially millennials Mm -hmm. now are working in this self-employed economy Like a lot of millennials are no longer working nine to five jobs. They're working for themselves, doing their own things, freelancing. And that's making up a lot of like how we are working Mm -hmm. in some way, not us specifically, but you know, like how people in our generations are working. Mm -hmm. Um, And a good majority of them are probably working online. Mm -hmm. Um, So repealing this kind of regulation could really hit people on an economic level who are already most likely struggling, (laughs) Um, which could be really detrimental. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, imagine you have to pay all this extra money just to be able to access things for your work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be be really terrible. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. The other scary part about this for me is that, you know, the the FCC was was able to take comment and things and it seemed like majority of people contacting them were a no and they still went ahead yeah. on this and in the end there are now five people in the united states that are deciding the future of the mm-hmm. internet yeah so it's very important to make your voice heard no matter which side that you're on let the people know you know let these people know mm-hmm. what your views are and yeah, it's just super important. Yeah. I think it's important to to both of us, especially as streamers, because I mean things will change in some mm-hmm. way. I mean, there's there's a reason why Verizon is pushing for this kind yeah. of uh repeal to happen. I mean, they're they're hoping that something will come of this, no matter how much they tweet, Oh, we're for net neutrality, <laughs> but they want it repealed for some reason. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. There's obviously something behind this for them. Yeah. So it's very important to have your voices heard in this case. Yes. All right, I got two more things. I think. Go for it. I, Muskeki told me this, by the way. Just give you guys a little bit of background. Muskeki messaged me about this. I think I replied to him like 10 minutes later. I was like, I have a 600-word outline for neutrality. <laughs> he did. He did reply to me. 100%. But so like one other, one other analogy and then one other big concern um, that I think people need to know about. But like one analogy about that, about with the self-employed thing is if you want to think about it this way and if you watch Twitch or your Twitch streamer, when you first start out, you don't have quality options on Twitch. And there's always this big juggle of how 
high can my video quality be that I stream on Twitch with on the other side balancing how many people can come to my stream and watch it, right? And so like when you're starting out and you don't have quality options, you don't want to stream at 1080p 60 frames per second at a 5000 bit rate because half the people won't be able to watch you. And like the more important thing when you're starting out is you want to be able to have as many people come and be enjoy your content as possible. Um, and so that isn't always your option. And so now imagine that in the broader net neutrality sense, if you're a self-employed person, you don't always get to control everything around it. And so much of your business is relying on people accessing you. So on the same thing on Twitch, where you have to drop your quality options down to get to the most people, if net neutrality impacts what you as a self-employed person can reach on the internet or the resources that you're allowed to use, that can kind of devastate the business that you're starting up. And there's so many of us that rely on that type of content, even outside of Twitch, that like we need to be able to have strong, stable internet to get the job done that we want to do. Um, and so that can kind of really hurt it. Uh, the second thing is that although it's in the hand of hands of five people, uh, Congress can put in place measures to stop this to like actually enforce net neutrality um and put it like as an actually statutory thing instead of something that's coming from um an administrative side and so it does make sense to contact your senators and congressmen um and honestly look them up and see where they stand on the issue because sometimes you'll be surprised i was talking to a friend and he was and we live in illinois and so he's like no i know our senators support net neutrality and i know my congressman did and i sent him a link to his congressman to, based on his address i said wow it's funny that you say that because your congressman actually does not support net neutrality like so you might think <laughs> that it's one way because oh i live in a certain state or a certain area and so of course they do isn't always the case and so do do go look that up and one big thing and one thing that i think is really important is especially if you live in a rural area and there's two reasons for that reason first of all is that if you live in a rural area it's more likely that your representative does not support net neutrality but it's actually more important that they do because another thing that's being rolled back with the net neutrality fcc initiatives is the access to broadband for everyone across the united states and there's so many people in the U.S. that are stuck on dial-up because they don't have access to broadband based on the very the physical makeup of our country. It's very, very large, and people are spread out unless you're in a city. And so ISPs do not want to deliver them internet because it costs a lot of money. And part of the net neutrality initiative was to be able to bring broadband to the rural markets so that those people could have high-speed internet like the rest of us enjoy and get the benefit of. And with rolling back the net neutrality, they're also rolling back um, some of the initiatives to get access to these people in these rural these rural markets. And so if you live in a more rural market or an area that doesn't that isn't a, like super urban area, then it almost behooves you even more to contact your representative because you almost have more at stake and more to lose than other people under the net neutrality deregulation. But M. Cole, the ISPs aren't investing in those rural areas because of net neutrality. <laughs> I tell you, be able to charge that customer extra for Twitter <laughs> is not going to make the multi-million dollar investment worth it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We could just put all those rural people on the slow lane. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? I'm sure that'll make them happy. <laughs> They're already used to dial-up. Let's just stick them on the slow lane. <laughs> like, yeah, so, oh, my gosh. It's like my like early teen years all over again on dial-up internet. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to go back. Don't make me go back. Do -do -do so. But, yeah, no, that, that is, that is net neutrality in a nutshell, unless Skink has anything else that he wants to add to it. But it is... 
No, I think I yeah, got it. It, it is important for a lot of things going forward. So I, I strongly suggest or recommend that you guys support net neutrality and get in, in touch with um, your representatives. So also, sorry, a second, one more thing. Even if your representative does support net neutrality, get in touch with them because the more that they realize that this is an important subject, the harder they're going to be fighting for it, right? If they realize their constituents actually care about net neutrality compared to being this thing that Reddit commenters love and people on Twitch love and pretty much people on the internet love, they realize their actual physical constituents like it, they might be willing to fight harder for it. And so it, it is important just to kind of let your politicians know that this is something that's important to you. So I agree. And if you guys want to do that, battleforthenet.com is super mm-hmm. good. Yep. And uh, all you have to do is put in your phone mm-hmm. number, and then it automatically connects you to pretty much all the representatives and senators from your mm-hmm. area. And then they also give you calls to a bunch of other people in Congress as well that will have power over yeah. this. So I definitely recommend going there if you want to contact yes. some people. Save the internet for all of us and future generations. Think about all the cat videos and memes that we're going to miss out on. Oh, a ton. That's, like what my, that's what my, like, the foundation of my life is built on at this point. Is cat videos? Cat videos and memes. Like, the joy in the world. <laughs> what if they had cat video memes? Ooh. Oh, my God. We're going next level now. Call if they take those away, I mean, the internet is dead. It actually probably is. We'll have it. to make our own network. Ooh. The Shenantics Network. Off the grid. Off the grid. Bringing you all the memes Off that the you grid. love. <laughs> bringing you all the memes that you Brought love. Brought to you by Dolphin Wings. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's, uh, that's net neutrality. Yes. So let's move to a nice, lighthearted topic. Skanky. I agree. We I should. Think, uh, I think let's, it's about time for a small streamer shout out. I think it's a definitely a great time for the small streamer shout. I think Mcall, you have a fantastic person or a group of people for us to uh, visit. I today. do, I do. Hold on, now I gotta go look up a group of people. Now that you gave me that option, give me just a second. We're gonna, we're gonna find. Wait, wait, just to get out of the flood. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Skinny's oh. like, oh god, I didn't, I didn't mean. It. I'm sorry. I got nervous. I'm sorry. I was sweating. <laughs> um, today's uh, small streamer shout out is actually going to be a little bit different um, in that they aren't that small of a streamer. Um, but I really, really, really do love their content. I think they make amazing, they do amazing work. Um, and they also did something special recently. So I want to give them a little uh, credit and a little bit of shout out. So this week we're going to be shouting out um, a couple streams, ACS for short. If you go to twitch.tv slash a underscore couple underscore streams um, is the URL. They are a married couple that does music streams on Twitch. They are absolutely freaking amazing. Their talent is incredible. If you um, know me at all or have ever heard me just talk about people that I love on Twitch, I guarantee you they come up very often. I actually found out about them because of Foolish. Foolish sent me in their direction. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to like just turn on when I'm working because like just great acoustic covers. Uh, her voice is absolutely amazing. Um, it's just a lot of fun. They have a great community. Def- definitely go check them out. They also just recently released uh, their first debut EP of Originals by Them um, that's available Whoa. on Spotify and iTunes. It is awesome. I really, like I said, I love their music. And the thing is, like, not only do they have great covers, their original music is fantastic. Um, I oh. used to have, I have copies of it from being a sub, so they would release, like, downloads and stuff. And before they had, like, their studio-produced EP, I would listen to their covers 
all the time or not their covers their originals all the time because they're just that good um and so if you guys want to find them on spotify too uh it's actually under it's a c s it's a e s e a e s so it's like a c as in s e a s e s um there will be links for all of it in the show notes if you guys want to go check them out i strongly recommend you do their streams are awesome chill if you're looking for just a great way to unwind or get through the work day or anything like that they are they are fantastic i should probably see the the full schedule oh look at that they stream sundays tuesdays thursdays and maybe another one no it's just a sunday sunday tuesday thursday um absolutely do go check them out twitch.tv slash a underscore couple underscore streams they are fantastic amazing people and they also have adorable cats and they have a cat cam and stuff oh um, (gasps) oh Exactly, right? So it just fits into everything we just talked about. Oh, and they have amazing emotes. Oh, I think I use, one of my favorite emotes of theirs is they have this whiskey, this like rocks glass whiskey one. Totally awesome. So, but yeah, oh, so go, cool. go check them out. They are fantastic people, but not, not really it. that small, but they do create amazing content. So I want to get people on over there. Of course. So. I like it. I can't wait to look at them. Yes, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So go check them out. Uh, Skanky. Yes, that's cool my name. Food finish. Fuck, I thought you were going to ask me that. Is that just... No. You oh my gosh, I get, I had the tamale thing last night, which by the way, I did not realize that the tamale thing was like very Chicago located. I just, I have to say, I was shocked. The tamale? Tamales. We have, uh, in New York, we have the halal guys. Oh, really? Okay. Wait, don't you have halal guys no. in Chicago? I thought you did. I don't know. Unless I go to the... When I used to... Actually, I think you might because when I when I used to work in yeah. marketing, we used to have a uh, like we used to cover Chicago. Wait, do they go into bars? And no, they okay. don't go into bars. There's oh, carts. Yeah, carts. okay. No, we do have the, we have the carts. I, I believe. Um, it's like a specific brand of halal guys, and they we used to have advertisements for halal guys in Chicago. Oh, really? So I'm assuming that you have them there somewhere. Yeah. No, we probably we do. We do. We do. I've heard of it now. I thought you were talking about like a guy that comes into a bar oh no no me. no not just one dude we don't have people come into bars and sell things in new york i feel like that would get a little out of control in new york <laughs> um it's a little ridiculous yeah i don't think that I would don't think that would work here I don't think it would work um yeah it, i think they'd probably get kicked probably. out um but yeah I, I actually you know what we could just talk about chicken and rice in general because that shit's bomb <laughs> sorry i uh <laughs> Chicken rice is bomb. But the first thing that came to my mind is like, um, <laughs> whenever my dog is like sick or has like a stomach bug, like what you do is you feed them chicken and rice because it's easy on their stomach. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, whatever. Like if, a, if you have a dog that is like not keeping down food or something, um, or there's clearly really? something wrong with their stomach, one thing you want to feed them is you want to feed them chicken and rice because it's very easy on their stomach. Um, and it's also tasty enough that they're going to eat it, uh, where if like you were just to give them like just rice, they'd probably ignore it. But yeah, chicken and rice is what you, is at least what I do, I would give my dog if he, uh, if he's not feeling well. Yeah. Really? But as, as, wow. as a human, I also enjoy chicken and rice cause it is freaking tasty. That's crazy. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even know that. How do you feel about euros? Ah. <sighs> Okay, well, there's a debate. There is no debate. It's called Euro, but go on. <laughs> you say Euro. Everyone else that I ask say no, gyro. No, they, they're all lying to you. 
What do you it's mean called, they're lying? You're the only it's person. It's called a euro. You're, the, one of the, called a euro. you're one of the only people I've ever known that actually calls it a no, euro. No, this is, that is impossible. I don't think I've ever heard it. Like, I know people that call it gyro, but those people are wrong. And then once they understand it's called euro, then they correct themselves. I have called it a gyro for my entire no, life. No, 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 no. Skaky. <laughs> God damn it. This guy on YouTube called it a euro. Give me a second. Yeah, you go. You go find one. I love euros so much. Damn it! This guy said euros too. <laughs> you are not gonna win this one. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> Google this. Like, how do I even? I know look exactly. this up? <laughs> Do you like a like a? How is gyro <laughs> pronounced? Now he's just not gonna get any results because <laughs> they know that he's saying it how wrong. How to pronounce? Okay, okay. In a recent discussion on Reddit, it seems like a lot of people are wondering how the word gyros is actually pronounced as a Greek. I feel it's my duty responsibility to clear... Okay, well, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. God damn it, this guy said gyros. Of course he did. Gyros. I also love how, like, as soon as he's, like, saying, like, as a Greek, I feel like it's my duty. This is like, oh, shit, please be on my side. <laughs> God damn it. You know what? I give oh, up. Oh, man. I yeah. give up. I'm wrong. But hold on. I'm still going to say Regardless gyros. of how they're pronounced, they are tasty, correct? They're pretty good, um, yeah. What do you usually get on your euro? The stand... Lamb. Lamb. No, lamb is a euro. Well, lamb yeah. euros. Do you have any top... But you can put other things in euros you if you top... want. Do you have certain toppings that you like on it? Um... Because, like, the standard is usually tomatoes, onion, and the tzatziki sauce. Oh, the tzatziki sauce oh, is really so good. good. It's like a perfect compliment. I I kind of let them do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> I haven't had a gyro in a really long time, though. Um, last one I had, I was probably, oh, God, freshman in college. Yeah, yeah we had, they had a gyro truck. Oh, sounds so good. Um, Like, I think I said, oh, no, that's a lie. I had it at Comic-Con. I'm Look such that. a It was just liar. like weeks ago. Well, it was last oh, year. Okay, okay. Not the most recent one. Not this past Comic-Con. Uh, they, they had a Greek truck, who I actually figured out was like a block, who used to park a block away from my old job. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, do you park like blah, blah, blah? And he's like, oh, yeah, I park over there. I'm like, well, I like, I'm just around the block from you. He's like, oh, cool, yeah. Best friends. And then he, no, he charged me more because I, I knew him. Um, that's <laughs> I was just like, such you. a New York thing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, it's twenty twelve dollars. Uh, but for you, fourteen. <laughs> uh, that actually didn't happen, but it's believable. It believable. Uh, yeah, it was a really good year though. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I love euros. There's a, I, I also went through like a. There was a time where I didn't really have any euros because there wasn't any place close to me. But now I think there's there's like one a block away from where I live. So it's kind of started to become my default if I need something quick to eat to run over and grab a euro. Oh, and come back home. Have you ever gone to like a straight up Mediterranean oh, restaurant? I love Mediterranean restaurants. Yeah, they're, they're so good. good. I got like, they're really popular in Chicago now. We there's tons of them. There's really? a lot of Mediterranean restaurants in my neighborhood alone. All probably equidistant from where I am. Um, I think there's like four of them, like within like maybe like a wow. ten minute walk. So there's just they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. What I, what I love about Mediterranean mm -hmm. restaurants is every time I go in there, I really have no idea what I'm going to get. Me either. It's always kind of like, I don't know, it's it's so up mm -hmm. in the air. And there are definitely things that I don't really like at Mediterranean mm -hmm. restaurants. 
Like, I don't like the, um, what's the, what's the, like, it kind of looks like it's in a salad wrap thing, but it's like minty on the inside. Oh, what are those called? I don't remember. Hold on. I'm trying... I don't like those. I can't, I can't remember what the name God. is, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have to look it up now, otherwise it'll kill me. But yeah, I don't like those, but I love kind of like figuring out if I'll mm -hmm. like something or not and getting yeah. it. We used to go out to Mediterranean restaurants all the time at, uh, at my own job. We have to do that for dinner tonight. For lunch. Uh-oh, it's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. It's happening! Uh, uh, not good. Oh, grape leaves. What's that? They're, they're the stuffed oh, grape yeah, leaves. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Dolmathaka, mathakia. Yes. Dolmathakia. Yes. Yeah, I don't like those. <laughs> sorry if you like those. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. Fights. My bad. But yeah, no, Mediterranean restaurants are great. So absolutely go check them out if you guys haven't had a chance. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, a food finish born out of tamales somehow. <laughs> <laughs> tamales. Somehow. No idea how that just happened, but. Um, you guys, that's been another episode of Shenantics. New episodes go live early Monday morning, just in time for your workday, school day. Whatever the heck it is you do, we'll be there to hang out with you. Uh, if you guys want to listen to the podcast, as you are hopefully right now, you can find us on the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, and at our website, shenantics.rocks. Um, if you pronounce it euro instead of gyro go ahead and leave us a five-star review on the itunes store to let us know that you pronounce it correctly if you guys have any questions or comments for us you can send us a tweet at twitter.com slash shenantics pod or an email at shenantics podcast at gmail.com if you want to join the discussion go to shenantics.rocks slash about and there is an invite link for the discord server where there is tons of very cool awesome discussion going on every week unfortunately there's gonna be no discussion about the euro gyro thing because we all know how to pronounce it besides skanky but i'm sure they're gonna talk about something else there so go stop by and see what it is skanky where can they find you on the internet they can find me on twitch uh, twitch.tv slash skanky s-k-x-n-k-y and on twitter at iskanky i-s-k-a-n-k-y you won't be able to access any of those if net neutrality gets deregulated uh mcall where can i find you twitch at twitch.tv slash mcall underscore mcul the underscore symbol and on twitter at the same username twitter.com slash mcall underscore go ahead and contact your congressman or congresswoman and let them know how you feel thanks for listening you guys talk to you later skinky goodbye bye everyone